Alright, brace yourself for this, ready? Ready? You're listening to Lewis Stevens on Epsom Hospital Radio. Playing your requests and your favourite hits, Epsom Hospital Radio. Wait, wait, and this, and this. Why aren't you normal, Epsom? You're listening to Wayne with Lewis Stevens on Epsom Hospital Radio. Did you hear that? Have that with your cup of coffee in the morning. That's exciting stuff. Why aren't you normal, Epsom? At Epsom Hospital Radio Station, uh, the station that kindly lets us have a podcast out every week. Uh, they sponsor it. So thanks very much. You are in for a treat with this episode. I don't know why we're getting all... <laughs> like a TV show presenter there. Uh, episode number... Definitely more than five, maybe six or seven, of Why Aren't You Normal Epsom, the podcast is that challenges uh, the idea of normal and has a real look at the diversity in our local town. This week is with Orlando Jenkinson, who is the pretty much sole journalist for the Surrey Comet and covers the Epsom patch, as well as a new learnt word I learned in this podcast. Patch means where he covers uh, Let him explain what he does better than me, because I don't think I'm doing a good job. Hashtag make it Wayne. At Epsom Hospital Radio. And this week I am joined by Orlando. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm well. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. No worries, it's a pleasure. Um, I was doing a bit of research on you just before uh, we came onto the podcast because I okay. wanted to know, uh, just like, well, was, Orlando is a journalist for the Surrey Comet and I looked uh, through onto the on, online. I was like, I'm just going to have a look and see which ones of Orlando's uh, are on there. And I, every single link I clicked on just had Orlando Jenkinson on the, on the <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then now I've got this weird image of you just being the only guy in the Sony Comet website churning out story after story. Yeah. Where, like, what, what's the deal over there? Well, pretty much that, man, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, like, um, you know, uh, the sort of group that I write for, um, NewsQuest, uh, runs a bunch of south, uh, papers out of South London um, and, like, North East Surrey as well. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm sort of putting together two slash three newspapers papers every week really pretty much on my own like um but we all collaborate on each other's patches as well okay um so sometimes i cover like croydon sutton and then also over in southeast like lewisham uh, bromley and that as well so so the physical copy of the surrey comet that comes out do you, you do you do put input into that do you yeah yeah. Like, yeah 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 we do sort of work with that software as well my editor um who hasn't even <laughs> busier job than me basically puts together like 13 papers anymore we used to have some copy editors but they all lost their jobs and yeah. stuff um, and they would sort of like put the physical newspaper together when I started, like over a year ago. But um, but now, like yeah, my editor pretty much does most of it, and we sometimes just write our stories directly into that um, software yeah, as well. But yeah. yeah, it's like I think there's like f- maybe five or six journals and one editor of like ten, twelve papers. Jesus, like so how do you how how do you juggle <laughs> all this, man? Yeah, you know, you gotta like prioritize stories. You gotta prioritize like um, content and stuff like that. Um, and basically. Uh, try and work out um, what's the most newsworthy thing for the patch every day and every week 
Um, I try and do like five, six stories a day, something like that. Um, and some of that is just kind of turning around like police press releases or stuff like that. Some of it requires more digging. So, yeah. yeah, you have to like juggle your time. D- yeah. I don't, digging isn't something I normally associate with local journalism. It's quite funny. Do you know, you sort of, I'm picturing like a private inspector in London <laughs> somewhere, but like, uh, how, like, how do you dig? So, so what stories, for example, have you had to sort of uh, dig and or have been memorable to you? Okay, yeah, let's, no, yeah, plenty really. I mean, like, so you can usually like uh, spot stuff on social media or on, um, you know, like uh, sort of, official state uh, or company websites yeah. for example like council websites stuff like that or sometimes we get contacted by people you know um, like I did a story recently uh, about like a single mum who lived in a council flat in Kingston lives in a council flat in Kingston and uh, yeah the council flat's basically like, falling apart um, and uh, the company slash like the council weren't doing anything to repair it and stuff so yeah she just sort of emailed me and then like uh, I got in touch like, I got to send some photos and it genuinely is like falling apart and stuff yeah. um, and then we ended up like running a story on that so you just do a back and wow. forth with the sources and stuff like what, that. What feedback did that story get? Did it raise any sort of public uproar? Uh, or, or was... Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of pushback from people saying, like, you know, the council needs to be better than this and stuff like that. And I think I think it is pretty easy for, for everyone to, to sort of basically, like, just go in hard on their local authority. Um, and a lot of the time, like, um, things can be the council's fault. But, yeah, they're up against it as well because, like, they're... The funding basically gets was cut the whole time. Essentially, you know a lot more than everyone else. You're sort of a middleman between the council and the people. If you know, <laughs> people would come to you, and then you would ask the council, and they would then respond to you. Right. So, do do you say? Do you feel like you ever get like emotionally involved in the stories and stuff, or is it? Um, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I think it's easy. I think like um, actually, you got asked this question recently. Like, um, you know, how how important do you think being objective is in in journalism and stuff? And uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's basically possible for human beings to be properly. 100% objective. Okay. Um, but I think if you have that in mind and try and like sort of aim down that road, you get somewhere along it. And yeah. like, you know, if you're aware of your own biases or at least try and make them sort of a bit more obvious to people at some point as well, then, you know, you can basically make sure that you're staying relatively above the to and fro yeah. um, and just stick to the facts. That's the main point of journalism, basically. Yeah, and I think that um, I think that sort of local newspapers actually have a lot more freedom to stick to the facts and don't really need to push an agenda as much as maybe some of the like larger national newspapers. Yeah, our editorial I mean? board isn't too like hardcore in terms no. of its like, allegiance. Yeah. Like, it just wants to keep the papers alive, I think, yeah. for the main part. Um, so, yeah, we and I think, like, yeah, we can definitely um, pursue... Some freedom to like pursue like causes I think are important and stories I think are because you know what would best represent like the area being from it I guess well I'm not 100 percent sure about that okay. I mean like I didn't I you know I I don't uh, I don't live in the area that I cover um, yeah. which is kind of an issue to be honest like I I, I you know I can only get out uh, on on patch you know uh, from time to time our offices are in are in Sutton um, so it's actually nice been in Epsom yeah, uh, yeah to come over to, yeah, to, to yeah, Epsom, yeah. which yeah. I also cover you know this patch um, but yeah like I think like definitely um, yeah uh, speaking to residents like on a daily basis all the time like constantly um, listening to their sort of like problems or like um, looking at their reading their petitions and campaigns and stuff you get a sense of what people care about and, yeah yeah and uh, do you ever feel like there's a sense of uh, 
I don't find this with local newspapers, but there's like a lot of doom and stuff. And do you ever find that it, it sort of like translates like uh, over? If you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I think I know what you're getting. At. I mean, like, yeah. it's, there's there's definitely a lot of bad news out yeah. there, right? I don't know if you've seen that film Nightcrawler. Yeah, 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 that yeah is exactly a, that. that is yeah, an excellent film. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's kind of about how cynical a lot of news has become in, in terms of like now a lot of news is is online based and and basically based around. The idea of like getting clicks, right? Well, me and Alex had this exact chat on the way here, and we wanted to sort of like bring that. Alex was saying that he doesn't really think that a new news source can survive anymore without using clickbait. Like, you can't, there's no way to beat the others. Do you know what I mean? You have to sort yeah. of, you have to sort of realize what works, and unfortunately, clicking works. And yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, even at the previous newspaper I was at a few years ago, um, my old editor, like we basically were running this, it was like a national newspaper, and we were running this story uh, about like a bombing that happened in Ankara in Turkey. Um, and there was some kind of really nasty like image of it like on the front. And I asked him, I was like, dude, are we really going to run this picture on the front of the newspaper? And he quoted a line from Nightcrawler at me. He was like, yeah. if it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> <laughs> and then you was like, hell yeah. yeah. And that's I was such... like, oh God, seriously, that's where we're at. But yeah, we ended up running it, obviously. And like, um, I think it would be difficult for any new um, news organization to sort of like survive without um, trying to build up some hype in some way but yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be like super clickbaity like you know those those news stories like you'll never believe what yeah, yeah, they yeah. tell you 10 shocking like, pictures of what yeah, celebrities look like now yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's all kind of bullshit like, yeah I, I, but it, it, it works and it did work to an extent and I think do you think people that are interested in reading um, like media are starting to wise up and sort of change and see the detrimental effects or do you think it's still strong uh, do you mean that approach to yeah that approach media? to journalism I mean I I do definitely think that's that approach is still really strong. Okay. Yeah. Um. I think new independent like sources of um of, of, of media uh do are definitely sort of like making their voices heard because like actually the internet um is really democratic. Yeah. Way of communicating with people or it can be at least um it's, it is really saturated with ads but um you know like in your in this in this very case like we're we're, we're sort of doing that right right now yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah we're transmitting information in a free way and yeah. that's very good you know yeah and um if you can build enough interest in something then you can do that um and there are a bunch of media organizations that are doing that that aren't sort of like funded by corporate ads and stuff yeah which um, you don't really hear much about do you because that you have to go searching for them i think yes more. You, do. you know i think yeah. it's if it's easy to look on the internet now quickly and just have a quick straw and think wow all i'm getting is interview is advertised by big companies and that's all this is now and it's sort of my my information's getting sold and it's painted like such a bad picture but like you say the way that we can sit here right now and, and have this conversation and promote it and post it and tell about anything is, is is a good thing yeah. and I think that's what the internet was supposed when the it first came out in the 80s or 70s or whenever that's what it was wasn't it it was a load of scientists getting together writing on forums or, or people discussing conversations and, and things and yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was like um, I don't know if you've seen that uh, Werner Herzog film. Um, it's called Lo and Behold, right? And it's, mm. it's a documentary about the birth of the internet. And um, and yeah, it was super democratic when it came out. And then when you get like the World Wide Web, you have you know that uh, that British guy uh, Tim Berners Lee. Yeah, he literally like put it up there for free. He said like I'm not gonna patent this. I'm not gonna like charge anyone for it. I'm not gonna trademark it. Like, yeah. I'm just gonna do this and put it out there in the public domain. And like, yeah, I think there's a lot of threats to that model right now. No, of course. Um, so yeah, I hope that sort of, I hope that does last. And yeah, goes yeah. Distance, but it's still in its infancy, really. I well, it's hundred percent. And I think that um, talking about like growing up, I mean, recently in uh, social media has been like a 
everybody's sort of turning against it, aren't they, quite heavily? Like there is what it could be, you know what I mean? And there is what there is what it is at, yeah. at the moment. And I think a lot of people are wising up and I think we should probably tie it into how me and you first got in contact. Um yeah. was when I did the bike when I did the cycle ride around the country and the guy who's PR in the trip, James got in touch with you and said, Would you be interested in, in running the story? Which you really did. So thank you very much for that. No, yeah, it's a really, really cool story. I yeah. mean, I, yeah, I, I I feel like in our in when we were chatting sort of like, you know, um, um, with you, like I don't know, on some rugged like coastline somewhere, yeah. <laughs> somehow getting signal. Like I didn't, I wanted to just keep that conversation going for ages. So yeah, it was uh, it's a really cool story. We do get like a lot of emails from PR agencies and stuff, yeah. but like I try and pick the ones that I think are genuinely interesting. Yeah, yeah, and that was a really good one. So. Oh, I, well, I remember that. I remember the. I remember the first chat I had with you. I can't remember exactly where I was, but I remember like what what it looked like, and that was the first time I'd spoken to someone and realised that there was going to be a bit more of an interest to the trip rather than just for me, you right. know, and then that was the point I wanted to make was that the social media aspect of it actually improved, enhanced and highlighted the trip yeah. to a lot more than it than it, it probably would have been if I hadn't have utilised the power of all the journalism and, and, and the local stuff and I just think that's a, a good example of, of what, what local journalism could do. It opened up so many avenues to me, you know, and yeah. I just had a lot to thank for it which I never would have had before you know I just, I, I'm not going to be before I went away and did all this I probably was quite critical of journal, journalism but I think that's just because of what it's became do you know what I mean oh, uh, there's, a, there's like a million reasons to be critical yeah. of journalism right now including me and everyone uh, in the industry like we all like make like mistakes and fall into certain like um, traps sometimes you know and like um, it's difficult but like yeah at the same time it can be a vehicle for good yeah. really good things I believe in it still yeah. I believe in like communicating facts as widely as possible and, yeah. you know telling 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 the truth and stuff and, yeah. yeah and I suppose there is bad out there so it's not you, if you just ignored the bad like yeah. then you'd also be sort of like not doing it right well it's a good it's a good idea to pay attention to the bad stuff to be honest because yeah, yeah. then you can sort of use it as like a, a bellwether and be like I, as long as I'm not doing that kind of stuff I like that like, yeah, yeah I yeah, like that yeah. so you can wake up it to, to, to sort of translate that into your life you can wake up in the morning and look around at all the bad and sort of feel better about yourself almost because you're not you're living against that, you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. In terms of like uh, bad practices in the industry, I think that's I think that's true. And, and like we we do we do try and keep it as ethical as, as our approach yeah, as possible. Yeah, yeah. I'm conscious of it, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a very noble profession to be in. I think uh, we would it can say. it can be it, it, can, it be. can be if you're in it for the right reasons. I think there's a lot there's a lot of power there's a lot of responsibility and power in like in in what you do. So when did you sort of first decide to start? doing this actually before you did all that what was like the first thing you started to do in, in the terms of a career well uh, yeah that's a weird one uh, I don't know really like yeah, uh, yeah kind of all over the place so like uh, yeah after I graduated from uni like uh, this was like seven years ago you know yeah. Um, yeah I just started writing blogs like I like writing um, I write compulsively mm. uh, I guess and I was like writing factual blogs about interests um, about like issues that interest me um history and politics stuff mainly like I studied um, and yeah like uh, anyway I ended up um, traveling to uh, Argentina um, and I uh, was just writing these blogs and sent one off to like some guy who was just starting a news website um, and he like took me on basically for no money but like I was really enjoying that um, I was in Buenos Aires and yeah I was just I basically kept pushing my flight back because I wanted to keep writing for them um, in Buenos Aires yeah for there for some news to do with that area or right yeah yeah, okay. yeah. sort of Argentina specific stuff really what well, were you covering what sort of stories oh like he he was really generous actually like he let me um, he let me just write opinion pieces. 
Um, because that was what I I used to I used to blog like rant. Basically. Okay. Oh <laughs> man, you and Alex should get on, Peter. Yeah, he's going Argentina in a few no months way. as well. Okay, cool. I'll give you some recommendations, man. For sure. Yeah, that's yeah. Great. That's um, a, that's such a great coincidence, actually. Yeah, Alex great. wrote a great piece the other day on how Mastercard are about to release their first music album, and he's very angry about that and what that could mean for music. That's uh, weird. Yeah. yeah oh, wait, we'll show you the piece afterwards. It's so good. He's okay. Yeah, uh, they they really attack. Sort of Mastercard have come out and said they they want to release an album that represents their sonic identity or something but then what Alex Alex that? opens it's gut wrenching as he said Alex opens with picture it's the year 2030 HSBC are trying to go for the second top hour in a row yeah. start. and it was a really cool bit of like journalism I suppose or, or a rant or a blog or an opinion so, that sounds great man I'd like to follow your your, your blog sure if you've got one like no, definitely yeah do it man oh that can we great. afterwards can we both try and convince this guy to start publishing yes. his stuff because he doesn't and it's so interesting and and yeah. something like that was so eye-opening to me. But, um, yeah. So, so it progressed from that, and you, you generally... What, what, what does writing mean to you, I suppose? Like, is it more than one thing, or do you always rant, or do you keep a journal, or do you... Yeah, you know, like I, I, do, I definitely like to keep journals when I can. When I'm traveling, I do all the time as well. Um, but like, yeah, during my day today, I think because I'm writing like sort of pretty much eight hours solidly. Like during the day, I just sort of get home and I'm just like, right, I okay. don't want to touch my notebooks again. But, yeah. yeah, I write like I try and write like short stories and stuff as well, stuff like that as well. Uh, got some like fiction projects on the go uh, outside of journalism stop me going crazy yeah 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 um, but yeah I think it means just like I don't know I feel like I have an internal monologue the whole time and it needs to be expressed and okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't do it unless I did it compulsively it's not like I'm loving doing it the whole time no you know? no but like, writing isn't writing isn't something you enjoy so I think writing is a way to just check with yourself how you're feeling and you can write you think and you just let it all out and then you observe you might not necessarily even mean what you write you know you yeah. be, but you observe how and you can sort of judge what kind of mood you're in off the back of that yeah it you, feels good right yeah man yeah. I love it I, 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 I don't think people write enough and I think it's a, just an important tool to check in. Yeah, it's like catharsis. It can be super frustrating, but like um, it's good to get that sort of energy or like thoughts, yeah. whatever they're positive or negative out. And then um, it's out, isn't it? They yeah. always say like you should maybe write a letter to someone if you want to say something, then decide. You don't have to post it. You yeah. know, you, you just get it to paper. You can even write it down and go, wow, that looks really silly. Why was I so annoyed about that? You know, or yeah. you can feel, okay, this is really good bit of writing. I want to get this out there. Do you know? And that's the freedom of it. You're expressing something to yourself. And that's pretty cool how you translate that into a career, you know? Yeah, I mean, just about. I mean, I never I never actually studied, like, journalism or anything. And I, 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 I don't have the proper, like, sort of NCTJ qualification oh, right, or anything okay. like that. Um, so I, I got pretty lucky, like, to be honest, going from a newspaper ended up writing for in Argentina to like yeah when I moved back to London didn't have any like press credentials so I just started on a bar job again like worked did a couple other jobs and then um and then managed to get this one I guess but yeah it was pretty lucky like I don't like yeah. I don't think it's gonna last like I, <laughs> man I literally I I, I I never met you and I was saying we where we filmed this in Epsom Hospital Epsom Hospital Radio I walked past you on the way here didn't realize it was you because right. because I expect I expected you to to look different for a starter, as we said on the phone with your phone voice. <laughs> you know, you think you imagine how someone's going to look, and then uh, also I didn't expect you to come out with that you didn't study for it. I assumed it would just be something you was always doing to end up somewhere like the Surrey Comet. No, yeah, I mean, I was, like I, I write like compulsively. I think I'm, I'm okay at it. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, and uh, but I ended up I ended up writing for a newspaper in Argentina just because I wanted to pay my rent that yeah. way ultimately you know um, and they sort of approached me and offered me the job after I read my blogs and that um, and I think that's how I sort of got convinced to give journalism a go you know but yeah um, I didn't study it so I thought I'm, I'm, I definitely have imposter syndrome I think of all my do writing you, do you think yeah yeah for sure like definitely yeah 
I've got to like convince myself that you know I can actually sort of do it and stuff. Really? Um, I think I get I, I got I got a decent feedback from my editors so far. So. Yeah, I mean, when when you were phone calling me and we was going around, like you definitely asked the best questions and seemed the most interested, and actually seemed like you meant. You, you you cared about what was being said rather than you were just like knowing down and going, to, okay, right, yeah, that'll probably fit whether news. <laughs> that'll probably fit the reader. It felt like there was a bit of thought behind your questions, which I think is a, a good sign of a journalist. Well, it's not always that good, but you were a very good subject to interview. Yeah. You were interesting to talk to. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like, yeah, that helps. Like, do, do, you, do, you, do you ever find that with deadlines coming your way that, that it's going to, you have to find yourself writing to just fit the feel the page almost yeah but like I, I, I'm, I'm rarely sort of like starved for content actually my editor gets um, frustrated at me for writing too much and then having to like cut it down oh, when we right. do reach the print deadline I think on the whole um, but um, but yeah I think a lot of the time you're just trying to um, make sure you've got stuff at all the different areas that we cover um, and not all of it's like too bleak yeah <laughs> yeah well, it's got to like which keep... is yeah because when you're doing like breaking news a lot of it is just sort of like there's an emergency incident somewhere that we need to cover or like Here's like a bunch of new like government cuts or something like yeah, that, yeah. or here's this you know really serious social issue that we can highlight. Um, so it's good to try and balance it as well. But I'm, we're never usually starved for content. It's usually just sort of trying to pick what we think is important, and that's the that's the hardest thing because so many people like email in with stuff that they is obviously really important right. to them, and like we yeah. have to try and like. As soon as I, I want to pick up everything and then like I have like four or five things on the go the whole time. And, I, like, I suppose in a way because people live so close to it and it's it's so closely associated with them, they feel like, oh, this is definitely worthy. Yeah. Is there yeah. an element of that? Yeah, no, definitely. Like yeah. and, and it almost always is as well. Okay. So, for the most part, I think it is. And like I just you know, it would be it would be good if we had like, you know, some more some more reporters basically to like cover all that stuff. Okay, so it isn't the fact that you, you just don't have the reporters and the coverage to sort of... I think, like, we need more resources, definitely. Yeah. Um, we pick, we do pick and choose our stories. Like, sometimes people will be like, yeah, I've lost my cat or whatever, and it's like, well, I'd love to cover that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Has <laughs> your cat ever done anything exemplary? <laughs> that we can say, yeah. like, no, he's an average cat. So I did actually do a pet detective story once, though. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, some woman lost her cat, and I was like, I'm not going to do this. But then she was like, no, I'm hiring, like, actual pet detectives. I was like, you're, you're seriously getting Ace Venturi into, like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, like, this proper, like, you know, amazing elite like um, pet detective squad with like what? thermal There's cameras and everything. No way, in. man! Yeah, they did like a twenty-four hour sweep of the um, the town, <laughs> and they didn't even find <laughs> the cat. No, they didn't find <laughs> it. They didn't find the cat, but like, oh my uh, god! The pictures they sent me of their like high octane, basically like SWAT team like outfit. No way, yeah, man! Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like the like, Ghostbusters. I just turned on this crazy gear. Like. It was amazing. Yeah. So, <laughs> and they yeah. never found the cat. So yeah, like I, I could potentially do a, a lost cat story if it's like cool enough. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I, hope, oh, I, I want to know more about. Do you know anything else about this squad of cat detectives? I know it was it was a while ago now. Yeah. Um, they they did call themselves pet detectives, though, so I had to <laughs> run that. I just like I, my jaw hit the floor. Man. Yeah, I yeah. Believe it. Is that like, like gold yeah. for someone like you? Because <laughs> your well, headline. Yeah, is I mean, I grew up in the nineties, so like I can I can't like resist that kind of <laughs> yeah. that kind of headline, you know. But um, all of the images and stuff they sent me were like really really amazing, and like, I'd never I didn't think it was a real thing. No. I genuinely did not think it was. No, a real No, man. Thing there needs to be. A do- we need to get them on this podcast. Man, <laughs> And tell us all the best stories about pet detective stuff. Right, well, like, if I can dig it up in my inbox. I'll yeah, man, send them over. Yeah. So, oh, what? Because I get the thermal catches. I wonder if they've got like dogs to smell the, the scent of the cat and things like that. Like, yeah, they 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 really like they had a lot of gear. It was like basically oh, covering. Contact. 
Are you, are you Googling it now? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is officially turning into one of those podcasts where we've got a guy researching behind yeah. me. Yes. This is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Get up as much as you can, Alex, and we'll, uh, <laughs> and then we'll, we'll cover this one in a bit. Orlando might run another story tomorrow about pet detectives. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and then, so, yeah, you've been doing that. And then when did you start the Surrey Comet? That must have been... Like... So, yeah, I started the Surrey Comet, like, in uh, late July of twenty. 19 I guess it was I've been there like a year and yeah. a bit yeah and yeah. you and is it like a career thing that you can sort of climb Sorry, late up? January did I say late did January yeah, yeah, yeah late January yeah. so is it something you can like are you aiming to do you climb up it like do, does someone start at local <laughs> journalism and then do they end at national or is it up to the individual yeah no I definitely think that's a career path oh it um, is okay for sure for a lot, for a lot of people um, I don't know um, how stable Anywhere in the industry is right now. Like I lost my my previous job in Argentina at that that newspaper, which is a pretty pretty big like national newspaper, just because the whole thing closed down after like um you know like 148 years or something. Jesus. Right? Uh, and what? everyone everyone loved it, and it just you know it just ended like one day um you know out of the blue really. So like yeah, um I don't know like uh, how I'm not trying to like scare people off doing journalism. I think it's a really good thing to do. Yeah. Um, but, like definitely the industry's like super fragile at the moment, right? Okay. It's shrinking a lot. I think. Is it is is it is it just because like the main is it monopolizing almost? Is it the main people are just sort of like getting more each? Yeah. Or has it moved online and stuff? I don't know. It's... Yeah, there's a lot of reasons. You know, like I definitely think like in any industry. Um, the big fish eat the little ones but yeah. for the most part um, and it's smaller and it's harder for like the small guys to to, um, to survive um, actually yeah that's kind of one of the reasons why that old the other newspaper I was working for shut down like they had a they had a law in Argentina a really cool law media it's called the media law and uh, it said that like not one corporation can own over like a certain percentage of the country's media Yeah. so like for example like Murdoch here in the UK would have been uh, like kind of like had to break up his companies if yeah, that existed here. Yeah. Anyway, like a new government got in and they just cancelled that law straight away. And then really quickly our newspaper like died. Basically. Well, and then and then it just sort of it getting... got bought out by a bigger fish. Yeah. Sold it so also. exactly what it, the previous law was aiming to go against. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So like you know I think that does happen. Um, but also like yeah the digital stuff like you know a lot of um a lot of people just don't buy physical newspapers anymore. No. I, I barely do. No, I can't. Anymore. I can't. I only pick them up if I see them. Yeah. You know? Sometimes you see a really cool one like the independent on or something that you don't and you do pick out from the train you're like yes score I found a cool newspaper <laughs> and I will enjoy going through it but not enough to buy it you know I have yeah. I have my phone to read and, and right. that, that advertising is actually aimed at you as well as an individual which is, can be a good and a bad thing a bit of a grey area of that because you tend to only get advertised your idea and your opinion rather than anyone else's if you know. yeah definitely you know and like I think the amount of advertorial content in the media is just super problematic as well. Like when you buy a physical newspaper now, it's at least like sixty percent ads, right? Yeah, There's yeah. Entire huge like double page spreads justifying. I was insane when I was on the bike trip that in Aberdeen. I uh, had an interview in the in the radio station, which also controlled the newspaper. I think along those lines, that might not be spot on. And I went upstairs with the guy, and I was like excited. It was going to be this cool studio. It was this massive floor space, and it was all desks and offices. And I said to the guy, I was, and it was two. Moves in the corner, like wow. just sort of hidden away. So the guy was like, "What are all these guys doing?" He was like, "Advert space." And I was like, and yeah. "There was like fifty employees dedicated to advert space and like seven radio presenters." Oh, that's the deal. Man. What the hell? Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, "No, he getting all of this is advertisement." 
And I just yeah. and I thought I then I thought to myself, well, is the news there just to fill the ad, like in between the adverts? Uh, you have to think like that, to be honest. Yeah, I I, I, def- I, def- I definitely think like that's like that's a good that's a good like question to ask, to be honest with you. Yeah, because yeah. what's the agenda of these of these stories, you know? And uh, and uh, I think local journalism is a sort of a more noble one because you're you're not there to sensationalize the story, really. As you say, you're there to just report on what's going on in front of you, and you get to sort of cherry pick what you think is the most important yeah i mean definitely that is that is a very generous description of it i mean like we we try i'm talking and, ideal world you know? yeah, yeah like yeah. We, we try and like we, we try and um sort of jazz like headlines up and stuff occasionally i don't always write my headlines for sure but like yeah um it is you have to try and like i get i i definitely get like some pressure to like be like well you need we, we need to like attract of course in to read this yeah. to read this stuff yeah. the whole newspaper wouldn't exist without um online sort of content right yeah yeah and clicks uh do sort of like generate that but i, I yeah i think we can push back against it to a certain extent and basically yeah. i don't think it either i don't think it kind of like massively dilutes uh the stories that we run either really because like yeah they're all like factual and important yeah you know, i've so. noticed if you're writing it generally is uh i've just been going through your articles it generally is just quite to the point there's not much like uh what's the word where it's where you just sort of allude to something else or I can't think of the word now. It's yeah, I try and sort of avoid uh, too many adjectives yeah. and adverbs in my in, in my uh, in my journalism stuff. I mean, I think that's why I like writing fiction as well on the side. Yeah, then I can just like really like complete go, balance yeah, of the two. Yeah, 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 just express it a bit more. Almost get almost get inspiration from the real life stories as well. I guess sometimes you yeah. know, like actually what's going on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, there, there's there's some uh, there's some interesting crossover, and I think like blogs are a good way of like doing like mixing blending those two things. Yeah, you can really express yourself. Yeah, but, yeah, when you're doing like. Kind of dry journalism, you have to be really, really careful about like yeah, just sticking to the facts, like you know, simple sentences for the most yeah. part. Yeah, and I suppose that's the thing with a blog, you get more freedom, but also how many people are reading it, listening in it. You know, it, it takes a lot to to create a successful blog, and you have to perform about eight or nine different roles within your own personal company, don't you? You're promoting, yeah. you're writing, you're making the phone calls, you're you're making the tea. <laughs> I mean, you're, yeah. you're doing everything for yourself, and it sometimes it can be easier, I guess, just to join onto a larger conglomerate, uh, which but then you might have your your writing sort of influenced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hope is that you can sort of like you can keep your your your, your independence if you do end up collaborating with other people. Yeah, um, but it's not always a bad thing. No, I mean, like you know, a lot of good podcasts out there um, are sponsored by 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 people, right? And yeah, like, um, that. Um, you know, some of my favorite uh, podcasts are. Uh, some of my favorite aren't as well. But like, yeah, there's there's sort of a balance in there. And if you really, really like feel passionately about what you're doing, um, and you need to like, you need a signal boost. Um, you can you can go down that road, man. And like, it's 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 okay sometimes. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. That's the that's the big like system we we all live in. Yeah, right? and I think that it's a way of learning to sort of uh, understand that it is a it is a really good place that we live in. That we have the opportunities to be able to print any of this stuff whatsoever at yeah. all. You know what I mean? Like, and there there is almost a lot of truth out there now that people didn't have 30 to 40 years ago due to the internet and I think it can uh, you can look at it in loads of different ways but I think ultimately it's a good thing yeah ultimately at the end of the day yeah no it is it's a it's a really it's a really interesting thing i hope i hope i hope it is i think i'm i think, I think i'm still reserving judgment on it but i yeah. do believe in it as like a big potential tool for like democracy basically yeah, um, yeah. because it's still kind of like the wild west out there right and like yeah we can kind of do what we want and that includes promoting loads of cool stuff that we believe in for free and, yeah and, and yeah distributing yeah. it and starting conversations I think it's you can go different ways can't it? you can promote the stuff that you enjoy for free and then there's other journalists interested in like holding up the people do you know what i mean like, and saying like why are you doing this and using it as, an, as a tool to sort of change things as well oh definitely yeah no i think i think that's an important part of 
journalism as well. We have to speak truth to uh, power, right? To yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's really important. I believe in it. Yeah, you know? and like that's one of the reasons why I sort of like yeah, I'm happy to wake up early for this job and like yeah, yeah, come yeah. in and do like difficult shifts or work my weekends or like. Is like, that something you find in, in in the industry? Is it a lot of hours, a lot of dedication and work? Yeah, definitely. And I think like you kind of do definitely take your work home to a certain extent as well um and like i'm i, I really don't want to miss um stuff so i'm like constantly checking like my twitter feeds and stuff like that yeah in case there's some breaking news i can log on and, and, and cover um when no one's on shift maybe but like um no yeah i think i think generally like yeah we just have a very very intense like eight hours in the in the newsroom Man. and i sort of collapse afterwards. that sounds so insane because the idea of being i was gonna ask you this question the idea of being like a journalist uh when you're at school you might go oh yeah i want to be a journalist that sounds cool i'm gonna go and like do it but the reality of it it must be there's a lot of screen time there's a lot of research yeah. and there's a lot of re- it, 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 yeah what's it like day to day yeah it, you know it depends like it depends who you're working for like so yeah definitely for the, for the sorry comic because all of these newspapers spread across like um, South London um, are all in one location or pretty much in one location in Sutton um, so we have to spend most of our days in the newsroom um, but getting out on patch is possible right as well yeah. and that's really nice when I get to like talk to uh, people who like live in the areas that I cover and like go and report on something or like just doing like you could do you do a lot of like interviews on the phone and stuff like that as well yeah well that's what we would have done every time wouldn't we right, yeah, yeah. yeah and they're, they're actually they're, they're just fine as well you know yeah. and like yeah you have to like make do um but it's not just kind of keyboard pounding for eight hours you actually get to have conversations well this is i mean well. i speak i think there's something so cool about your job being like like a genuine real real interest in actually reality like what's going on you're never I, I can imagine if you work for a big business sometimes you you sort of you have a little job you know like and that's your job and you know that world really well you know and i think you're then you, that is your world yeah but your world is everyone else's world does that does that make sense <laughs> if you know what i mean yeah yeah so alex knows about houses he's quite involved in thinking about houses so if any issues comes up he's very house oriented you know I mean? and yeah. he and you and a lot and that's what everyone else is you know, but a journalist is, is to be interested in everybody's little worlds yeah. and trying to represent a voice to everybody of everyone's little worlds. You yeah, know, someone I know uh, described it to me once as like you have to be an expert to like one inch deep below. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, everything. it's like, like a jack of all trades yeah, of what's going on. For sure. Like, so you have to constantly like learn new things and like I think yeah, I think just generally like sort of you have to because you have to like read and watch the news a lot in the job anyway. You end up like yeah, basically sort of like learning tiny little nuggets about a bunch of different That's, stuff yeah. that you can use. And your mind's constantly open and constantly being changed by, but I guess, by all this stuff. I think yeah. the good thing about you know how some people get so riled up on a certain point of view uh, and then the opposing person will be so riled up on a certain point of view, but you, you sort of want to say to him, do you both not see you both have an element of right and both have an element of wrong? Yeah. You know, like there's people very, but I suppose they have to exist for anything to get done. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. You know, I think there's always, um, there's always like a dichotomy in um, pretty much every issue that you cover um, yeah. and it's important to like present present all that as, as as sort of fairly and justly as possible yeah but not lose sight of like the main um the main reason you're focused on um there's a really like another cliche that they tell all uh, journalist students apparently like not that I'm one but, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah like it's it's a really good story like they, 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 you know this like lecturer says like you know your job isn't to say oh like if like if somebody's says it's raining outside, your job is to say, well, this person says it's raining, the other person says it's not. Your job is to like go look out the window and see oh, that it's raining. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So that's what we try and do every day. And like, yeah, it doesn't always like, 
come off 100%, but like, yeah, if you're saying aiming for that, I think that's kind of like the main point of that's, so that. Yeah, so that would be in your head, like the actual reason journalism exists. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, to tell people the truth. To tell people yeah. the truth, what's going on. And yeah. has it. Has it come away from that, or has it gone further towards that? The more the the sort of with the current scope of the way everything is. So like yeah, I mean to to be honest, like I think like with the um, I don't know yeah I, yeah. So with the, I think like a lot of um, there's a lot of like powerful actors that want to influence journalism. I think that's probably always been the case. Um, but right now, like I'm pretty concerned about um, things like uh, the state getting too close to certain media organisations. Um, but also like yeah. Um, powerful corporations dominating media organizations with their own agenda yeah um, and like i think when you have either of those two things happening or both happening at the same time um then you can really pollute like journalism um in a serious way um and poison it and like that that is like a real big issue that yeah needs to be sort of talked about more i hope it leaves a lot of us wading through a lot of just misinformation or not misinformation just wading through a lot i think you know what i mean yeah. we, we you sort of become so tired of every viewpoint possible yeah. being thrown down your throat that i think a lot of people start to just give it up give up on it and just say whatever and then they get on with their own lives and yeah, no, definitely. And like, you know, um, it can get like really tiring to hear this, this like cacophony go on the whole time. Yeah. Um, I think like definitely um, since I moved back to the UK, I've really noticed that, that it's basically, yeah, there's a lot of like people shouting at each other and um, whether that be on social media or like in different news publications that have different agendas and stuff. Um, it definitely feels like um, really like agenda uh, driven a lot of the time um, at the moment. And, you have to. I think that's that's also the case with stuff that doesn't necessarily look like it is, right? Like, yeah. Even like broadsheet newspapers have their own like sponsors and like um, corporate backers or like you know like state um, sort of like influences and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. We yeah. have to be aware of that. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it, I know what you mean about the noise. I think it just it just is becoming too much. Do Do you find that in the UK it's more prevalent than than wherever you've uh, in Argentina, for instance, or anywhere else that you've travelled. No, no. Sa- same same stuff going yeah, on. I yeah, think, I think I think I think I think I think it is the same. I think like um, I think I think I don't know. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I think like definitely uh, they're similar. Like I think I think I think ultimately like um, you know the sort of like current um, way the world economy works affects um, it's just, it's different just, countries it, in different ways yeah. but like ultimately like yeah that most news organisations kind of have to survive um, however they can in that, in that, in that and way. they're all doing the same thing just to survive yeah. and I suppose they're all clinging on to the old truth of journalism as you were saying or what it's supposed to be and I suppose they're all balancing the same thing I guess to a certain extent um, yeah so because like, I, I cut my teeth in Argentina I was sort of like wondering whether I was going to be able to apply all those skills I learnt um, back here and whether they would like have me or not but it seems to be working out so far so, yeah, man. Yeah. Good. So, so, do you think podcasts could be the future of uh, of information sharing? Absolutely. Yeah, I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of news and commentary from podcasts. To be honest. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's some really, really good like inf- informative podcasts out there. Um, uh, like, there's a really, really good one called The Intercept. Um, that I like. That's about like U.S. politics and international politics mainly and like that's um that doesn't have any like ads or anything on it either um and that's like a really really good way of communicating news it's simply in sort of like a half hour bracket um and uh, yeah, you can you can definitely do that through podcasts. Well, in a, yeah, sure. like you're right. In a conversational sense, we this is what we were talking about before we came on here was the fact that podcasts enable uh, a deeper opinion to be given and a deeper understanding for the listener. I mean, with the Joe Rogan podcast and the Bernie Sanders interview, who I think's leading 
the polls, isn't he? Yeah, uh, I, am a, I, I am a Bernie fan. I, yeah. I, I think he's great. Well, he's leading and he came on the Joe Rogan podcast and yeah. he had an hour to explain his policies, which is where usually you only get 10 to 15 seconds to answer a question and then the, the national news has to then actually choose a good section to use or they could use a bad answer whereas a podcast the, the, he got he got grilled didn't he essentially he got yeah. he got asked a lot of questions yeah. Joe Rogan was asking him and pushing him and he had his answers and he seemed cool and chilled it was great actually like and um yeah i think um that's one of the big issues with broadcast news to be honest with you um is that like they really look for and like uh, the way a lot of politics is structured for the media so like you know like in the US right now they're doing these like debates every now and then these televised debates yeah and they'll ask someone like an impossible question like how do you solve like the um, 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 Palestine-Israel question you've got 15 seconds and it's like yeah. that's impossible <laughs> you, what are you talking about yeah, like, this is, yeah. you can't do this yeah. like you need lo- you, this is ridiculous so like yeah I think like absolutely like you have to have longer more in-depth discussions yeah. Um, yeah. It, enc- it encourages people to be then taken in by short 15 second answers Precisely. rather than asking any more questions rather, just saying okay yeah yeah I probably agree with what he said you know? <laughs> yeah like it encourages empty platitudes basically yeah and um, I think we, we, and, and then that then leads to empty beliefs and maybe plastic beliefs you know so they say people say oh I just believe in this and if you actually ask them a bit further and the same happens to me if someone asks me a bit further I, I find that I haven't even got an answer I just assume that was what I thought because right. because the media that I consume says that so I just yeah. thought that's okay that's definitely me definitely. Uh, you know and and, yeah. and we're all we're all probably culprits for it because like we say there's so much noise we can't yeah. I can't deal with a hundred t- topics around the world no. my, my brain doesn't work like that it doesn't like actually that's one thing about like the age we live in this information age we've got like all the information we could possibly want we just don't know how to do it it's too much yeah and like, is that leading to burnout do you think do you reckon that's one of the things a lot of our generation asked struggling mentally and, and slowing down? Maybe a little bit, but, like, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit more optimistic about uh, the, the sort of people coming after us, you know? Like, I, I think, like, um, a lot of uh, younger people are really um, engaged with what's going on in the world um, and they're passionate about, like, you know, these really, really important topics like the climate uh, crisis or whatever that are very important to them and they know their shit as well, yeah, so, like, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I definitely think a lot of people get get burnt out by it too. I I do on a, yeah, on a daily basis. I have to like psych myself up to like to um you know to like, sort of watch the news every every. You, every you day. have to choose your fights more, don't you? I think, and, yeah. and which one? Like you say, the climate one. If that's something that you're willing to engage in and willing to dedicate time to, then then you can. Um, I think the problem arises when people just no one let's say I don't, I'm not too fussed about climate but uh, I don't believe in it because the newspaper I read uh, says it's not a problem you haven't looked into it but then they still feel there's a valid people I think still feel there's a validation there to shout and get angry about it just because they yeah. feel like it represents their side we're know? all like we're all like immune we're not like none of us are immune to ideology you know? yeah um, and that absolutely goes for me I'm, I'm sure I've been influenced by a bunch of same ideology yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like in the media and elsewhere and, and everything we're exposed to these days because we're just like sort of bombarded with information the whole time um but yeah you, i guess if you're you sort of like try and think critically and definitely like self be self-critical as much yeah. as you can then like that helps i think and that then translates to just the way you approach life a bit bigger as well i think if, if you sort of tend to dedicate a bit more time to like like what you genuinely think and and and, and really care and pay attention to how you f- perceive things i think that can extend into like when you go out and meet a friend you might feel less like you have to say what everyone is saying or you feel like you have to say the opinion of what everyone else you believe in so you can just have a discussion and, and have time to sort of yeah you know what I mean let yeah. yourself relax a little bit I guess yeah I, th- I think like podcasts can be a good vehicle for like basically trying to um 
like uh, maybe like sort of crack the foundations of like the echo chambers that exist on exactly, social media. Yeah, I believe that. Because like a lot of social media works by like having algorithms like work out what you want and giving you more of it or what you respond to most strongly initially um, and just giving you more and more of it. Exactly. And it's like self-validation and you never sort of like, that's that's a really big problem and we have to address that. So hopefully like getting a bunch of like diverse guests on a podcast or whatever can, can do yeah, one yeah. way of like countering that. Yeah, exactly. And, and just and just hear them come to a point f- through over time, not just saying a statement and saying, yeah. no, that, that's it, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, I think that that'd be a really good future, and I think that's a good way to end the podcast. Actually, I think right, perfect. Cool. Like, I mean, that was uh, a really nice conclusion as to as to how and why the a podcast and uh, could could really sort of have a good message and have a change and and change and encourage people to think differently, especially through what we've discussed today about freedom of thinking and 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 just understanding yourself a bit more. You know what I mean? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Cool. All right, well, thank you for coming on anyway, mate. Really appreciate it. And, yeah, yeah, you're more than welcome. Uh, yeah, so you're, you're on the Sorry comment. Every, pretty much every article online, I've realised, is, <laughs> is, is written by you. So uh, anybody can go out and sh- just have a read and, and get in touch with him. Uh, if you've got a cat that you're missing and you need uh, a crack team to go out and find them. <laughs> All right, cheers anyway, bud.